Given my druthers, I would absolutely record a three-hour show. We've used science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. We used science earlier, and the results are mixed. I don't know if they're mixed. It'll be up to you. And you too. And me too. How you feeling, Todd? I'm doing great. How are you, Mark? I'm well. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, we were experimenting with a new device that I acquired over the weekend made by a company called Zenco. Okay. And uh, it's, it's how would you describe it? It's a vaporizer for yes. cannabis products. Yes. And um, it's like if you've ever seen those things where they where you put um, the beer glass and it somehow mysteriously fills it from the bottom or whatever yep. like that. It kind of looks like an upside down light bulb shape and there's a little cone inside and you put it on this thing and then it slowly fills with vape or what it, smoke vaporized smoke or whatever um as from the bottom yeah from the bottom it looks very like potion like or like when you do dry ice and it all collects yeah. at the bottom like that and but boy is that is that harsh on the throat yes <laughs> so i i recorded a little video yesterday of me using it for the first time and uh it uh, knocked me on my buttocks yes uh solid. so uh but we're flying by the seat of our pants anyway because we have thrown our topic out the window last minute and we have reached out to our friend joni deroshi to talk about alex jones which is uh we talked about him a little last week and she sent me a frantic message about how we got the details of our um, everything wrong everything which, wrong about which our story doesn't surprise me at all because i literally had no <laughs> education in the in the process at all i literally just saw little headlines and saw little snippets and i was the 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 absolute epitome of somebody who didn't do their research or right. said that they did. You know? <laughs> the Mark and Todd cast. <laughs> the Mark and Todd cast. And, uh, you know, the, all the financial shows have to have the, like, not for yeah. not for investment purposes or whatever. <laughs> to switch that around, but however it applies to the information you get on our, our, on our show. Um, so are you not, not to, um, to spoil it too much for later, but... Uh, are you at all familiar with Alex Jones as a person or personality? What he does, oh, anything like that? Only in in the okay. Infowars, you know, meme way, meme way. And, okay, and and so I know a little bit about Infowars. I know a little bit about like his close relationship with the, the Trump campaign, right? And uh, the activities that he's, you know, he he was at the um, the was it the, the semicircle what are we the supposed eclipse the the uh, oh now i don't know what you're saying i thought you were going to say he was trump, at the insurrection when trump gave his speech at uh before the, the insurrection pre- <laughs> the <laughs> the warm up show the e entertainment television presents the pre insurrection show <laughs> that was at the ellipse uh, oh i didn't know that was yeah, called something yeah that's the name of the uh the field that he was uh speaking in oh, okay. and um next to the White House, you know, down the street from the thing. And so he was at the ellipse and had the thing and, okay. and texting the president. Later on his show, he said that he was texting the president about, um, you know, the president well, wanted me to lead the... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so. yeah. I, that's, I, that's all I know. I thought, yeah, so I, I, I think I have a little bit more 
I've kind of deep dived into Alex Jones before. And so I, I always just assumed that you were what you also had fallen down that rabbit hole sometime. But I'm kind of excited because there are big gaps in, in what I know. So uh, my friend Jody is an expert on that. So with the last minute, we asked if she wanted to come on. Um, so she will be coming up. Very excited about that. But let's do some news first. Uh, this hot off the presses of the group chat that you and me and Nick and Brian and Sarah are in. The po- uh, Portland area crime ring trafficked 44,000 stolen catalytic converters and 14 were indicted. The catalytic converters had an estimate value of more than $22 million, with an M, dollars. Beaverton police say they arrested the leader of a crime ring that's crime ring that's responsible for trafficking more than 44,000. Detectives say they identified 32-year-old Brendan Patrick Doyle as the leader of the operation in March. They say they searched his what, Mark? His waterfront Lake Oswego home. Of course. You know, he's the he's the person who's leading that charge about keep keeping the public off the public beach of Lake Oswego. Get out of my beach. Yes, his waterfront Lake Oswego home last week, along with seven other properties. Yep, eight homes. And seized more than 3,000 catalytic converters. Doyle and his associates are accused of an organized effort to steal catalytic converters from vehicles up and down the West Coast. The crime ring was centered in the Portland metro area, but reached as far as New York and Texas uh, last last year. The Oregon lawmakers passed a bill to crack down on catalytic converter thefts. Thefts, thefts by prohibiting scrap metal business from buying them from anyone but commercial sellers. I mean, that's what I've always wondered. It seems like there's a very obvious way to not make it so appealing to steal catalytic converters, and that's the choke point of you have to sell the catalytic converters you steal to someone. And why that hasn't been like, I mean, there has got to be a way to regulate what's coming in when you obviously know it's stolen or from like whoever that seems like a very simple place to solve that problem and i've never understood why well all the people in that chain have a motivation yeah they're motivated by the money that is flowing in that and so it's very easy to look at the other way knowing how much effort it will take to track down the original owner of that catalytic converter and then somebody just says no no, no i got it from my brother right you know like uh, well then and then i guess like the other thing i can't figure out it's like we can't weld an extra bar do something that to make it difficult and or mildly impossible to remove a catalytic converter right i, I mean i don't know <laughs> <laughs> the president, the president rides around in a, in a bulletproof yeah. car with airless tires, and we can't put like an extra support bar <laughs> in front of a catalytic can't converter. Do that. Can't do that. And another thing we can't do. I went to a sushi restaurant this last week. Oh yeah, and <laughs> I, I like a good cucumber salad. Okay, and cucumber salad is literally chopped up cucumbers and a little rice wine vinegar, a little sushi vinegar. Okay, that's it. That's the entire salad. Gross. Salad, right? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And uh, this restaurant uh, serves cucumber uh, rolls. So they have cucumbers and they have sushi vinegar (laughs) as they are a sushi restaurant. Right. And so I asked for a cucumber salad. He's like, it's not on the menu. We can't do that. I'm like, well, 
Do you have cucumbers? Yeah. Do you do you have vinegar? Yeah. Can you chop up some cucumbers and throw some vinegar on it? Nope. Sorry, we can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Thank you. That is. <laughs> I was, I was so mad. I was so mad. I was like Karening in my head. That's just like, first of all, I thought that whole time you were leading up to a dad joke. Nope. Nope. This was. And I was like, he's invested in this, in this premise. It's really reeling me in. What's no, the this, what this are the Thursday. cucumber puns I can anticipate <laughs> coming from now? But that's like that's less that's like punitive. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I thank you. Because... And it's not just like it's not like rude or like they're closing early and pretending that their kitchen no, is closed. No. This this is like <laughs> we- we were in the restaurant. We were the only people it's, in the restaurant. It's there un- were no other human. Like there were no other tables that had humans at them. We were the sole customers. It's unjust. It's, I think that's I, where it's hitting me. It's like that nerve in my brain that gets irritated at things so that are pissed. unjust. And of I course, want, my business partner I was having lunch with, he, he, he's like, "Really, you're gonna die on this hill?" And I'm like, "But you don't see the problem here." The whole system is out of order. I was. Uh, that you should have just asked for two sides. I side of cabbage and then a side of side of dressing. Oh, also, can I get a side of sushi? And just hold it up in front of his face, like middle finger up as you're pouring the dressing on. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. All right, why don't you take this okay. next story here? <laughs> Portland's Books with Pictures named the best comic book store in the world. Wow. Owner Katie Pride, that's an awesome name, uh, thinks the diverse content of her store played a role in her win. Six years ago, Pride combined her love for stories and comics to open Books with Pictures in Southeast Portland. In the past 10 years, only four retailer Eisner Award winners have been in the United States. That's pretty crazy. I think I won because of that vision for the future because we are really looking to do something different in the industry, not just perfecting the formula that's been a success, said Pride. So, yeah, that's that one. It's on the corner. It's like on Hoth, Hoth Division or Hoth, or I think it's Division. Uh, and it's kind of like an, one of those interesting corner buildings that are kind of old. And I sold my notebooks at, uh, outside of one of their... Uh, outside of there one time. Good story. <laughs> yeah. Well, the personal effects of the mother of modern physics will be radioactive for another 1,500 yeah. years. Marie Curie. Or is it Marie Curie? Marie Curie? I think Marie. Marie. Marie, Marie Curie. Curie. Uh, known as the mother of modern physics, died from aplastic anemia, a rare condition linked to the high levels of exposure to her famed discoveries, the radioactive elements of polonium and radium. Still, after more than 100 years, much of Curie's Curie's, uh, personal effects include her clothes, furniture, cookbooks, and laboratory notes remain contaminated by radiation, regarded as national and scientific treasures. 
uh, Curie's laboratory notebooks are stowed in, uh, stored in lead-lined boxes at France's nat- National Library in Paris. While the library allows visitors to view the manuscripts, all guests are expected to sign a liability <clears throat> waiver and wear protective gear as the items are con- contaminated with radium-226, which has a half-life of about 1,600 years. The Curies are built, bur- buried in France's Pan- Pantheon. I don't know why that... A mausoleum in Paris that contains, good grief, that fell apart. A mausoleum in Paris that contains the remains of distinguished French citizens, including Rousseau and Voltaire. Wow. So, Hmm. interesting. Stay stay away from that notebook. Well, there's been a story going around about Facebook giving uh, police all this information to arrest a teenager for abortion. So this is kind of a high-level overview of that, but just not highlighting really kind of this case, but the things that can come out of a lot of the the data mined from uh, social media. A 17-year-old girl and her mother have been charged with a series of felonies and misdemeanors after an apparent medication abortion at home at home in Nebraska. The state's case relies on evidence from the teenage uh, teenager's private Facebook messages obtained directly from Facebook by court order, which show the mother and daughter allegedly bought medication to induce abortion online. According to court records, Celeste Burgess and her mother bought medication called a... This is not, this is not funny. Called it's kind of funny. A medication called Pregnot. Pregnot. More like Pregnot. (laughs) In June, the state submitted a uh, search warrant to Meta, Facebook's parent company, demanding all private data, including direct messages that that the company had. A court approved the search warrant and Facebook complied with it. Facebook's DMs obtained by law enforcement were then used as the main basis for a second search warrant, which 13 laptops and smartphones were seized. What? Yeah. Who has 13? La- I mean, this isn't an organized crime ring that they're busting. This is like a teenager. And and the mom. And oh, I'm sorry. They, they each, each of whom have six and a half laptops. They share one and screen. And cell, yeah, and cell phones. Yeah. Wow. Uh, 13 laptops were seized. Uh, gigabytes of data, including images, messages, and web histories. Facebook and other tech platforms have previously declined to say whether they would give law enforcement data that relates to abortion cases. This case shows that Facebook, at least, will and already has. So regardless of, I mean, it, it, in one way, it's like, oh, that's horrifying that they use that information. But on the other hand, I celebrate it when they find one of the insurrectionists through the sure. same means. And so I guess more... more it's a better solution for us to police ourselves before we put stuff online as opposed to trying to figure out what kind of law is going to encap, you know, trap in this particular beast we've, we've unleashed. Speaking of beasts, we've unleashed (laughs) rainwater everywhere on earth is unsafe (laughs) to drink due to forever chemicals. Study finds. So rainwater almost everywhere uh, on Earth has unsafe level levels of forever, forever chemicals, according to new research. Oh, good luck with this. <laughs> uh, PFAS, uh, or per- and polyfluoroalkali substances, nice. are a large family of human-made chemicals 
that don't occur in nature. They are known as forever chemicals because they don't break down in the environment. <laughs> Yay! They have non-stick or stain repellent properties, so can be found in household items like food packaging, electronics, cosmetics, and cookware. But now researchers at the University of Stockholm have found them in rainwater in most locations on the planet, including Antarctica. There is no safe place to escape them. <laughs> this is news art. You are. <laughs> there is no place to escape them. Is the blog the, the food that you're eating? Fifties may blog kill you. Story at eleven. Is it? Is it peas? <laughs> so. Um, <clears throat> Uh, safe guideline levels for some of these forever chemicals have dropped dramatically over the last two decades due to new insights into their (laughs) toxicity. Although in the industrial world, we don't often drink rainwater. Many people around the world expect it to be safe to drink (laughs) and supply many of our drinking water sources. The health risks of being exposed to these substances have been research have been researched widely Scientists say that they could be linked to fertility problems, increased risk of cancer, and developmental delays in children. But others say that no cause and effect can be proven because these chemicals and poor health. Between these chemicals and poor health. Of course. Nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. Um, Well, the FTC finds a company called Lions Not Sheep a far-right apparel company with more than $200,000 for replacing made-in-China tags with made-in-USA tags. Uh, they sell their apparel with far-right wing slogan, uh, far-right slogans like Let's Go Brandon and Hashtag FJB, a Utah-based apparel company known for selling far-right and pro-Trump merchandise is ordered to pay more than $20,000 for replacing those tags. Uh, the company Lions Not Sheep and its owner, Sean Hoyland, was fined uh, $211,000 by the Federal Trade Commission. So it's I get this one ad in my Facebook feed all the time, and it's for one of these like w- super aggressive. Um, and it's like, you know, you remember the old um, Mac versus PC commercials yeah. with like, I'm a Mac or whatever. Yeah. It's like that. But the one guy, the smarmy Apple guy or whatever is like... <sighs> Are you buying your apparel from fake patriots? And the other guys like dressed up like whatever is like, don't buy it from fake patriots. Buy it from us. And I'm just like, we are doomed as as a civilization. Do you think the made in China or the the made in USA tags were Were made made in in China? China? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I do. I bet they were. Uh, let's see. Why don't you take oh, wow. that next one? Astoria's, Astoria's famous Goonies house has reopened to foot traffic. After being closed to the public in 2015, the iconic Goonies house in Astoria has reopened to visitors. Shortly after the 30th anniversary of the classic Oregon shot film from 1985, owner Sandy Preston posted signs forbidding tourists from making the trek up the dirt road to the property, even on foot. Preston tells the Willamette Week that fans clamoring to visit the house convinced her to reconsider. There were so many comments and everything about it, she says. The people who come seem to be a lot better than what was here before. I think I... (laughs) Sure. We're getting such a large amount of people, like, I don't know, right around... 
1500 a day, it was pretty overwhelming to the neighborhood. While visitors are now free to return, there are some restrictions. On a, uh, as shown in a recent visit, a sign asks people to walk up to the house rather than drive and uh, to encourage people to donate. Preston has posted a QR code and, and leads to her Venmo account. Probably about 5% of the people who come donate. It's a very small percentage of the people. Still, that's a significant turnaround from seven years ago when fans went from being allowed into the attic in celebration of the film's anniversary to being greeted with a sign reading, no Goonies, not five minutes, not 30 seconds, not ever. This means you get out. And then she hugged that big tarp, the big blue tarp or whatever. I imagine that would be a nightmare, but I mean, I imagine that you would have thought ahead before right. buying the yeah. Goonies house. Just, but yeah. 1,500 people a day. Right, I mean, doing like, the truffle shuffle out in front I'm, of the house and <laughs> stuff. Yeah, it's like the peeking person... in your window. I mean, they were going on the porch and peeking in the windows. I mean, imagine sure. that just like where you live right now. Right, fifteen hundred people gawkers a day. Right, turn into a museum. Uh, <laughs> well, that James Webb t- Space Telescope image. You saw maybe wasn't what you thought this past weekend. Ooh, this story's old, so I'm sure everybody knows this punchline. French physicist, oh boy, Etienne Klein, which just sounds oddly German, uh, posted an image on Twitter and claimed that the space telescope had taken the image of Proxima Centauri, which resides 4.2 light years away. However, the photo did not depict the nearest star to our sun. It was just a piece of chorizo. Which is sausage that looks it's, like pepperoni. It's awesome. The image seemingly shows a nearby star's red surface on a close-up view no other telescope has ever achieved. Quote, the level of detail, a new world is revealed day after day, Klein wrote in the tweet. However, the French scientist later followed up the tweet with two other posts to say the image was a prank intended to warn people about, quote, cognitive biases. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's really fantastic that's amazing all right cool. well let's take a short break that nobody listening to this podcast will hear and we will come back with Joni DeRoshi to talk about Alex Jones all right right after the break we're going to interview Eric Weihenmayer who climbed the highest mountain in the world Mount Everest but he's gay I mean he's gay excuse me he's blind <laughs> All right. Woo-hoo. So we have my friend. This is uh, we were talking. We the the feeling of live radio is just crackling through the air right now, which for for me and Joni especially is First is like the crack the mid 2000s crack of of live radio that rippled through Portland. That was so exciting. Sure. Um, That's a lot of mixing <laughs> metaphors. But sure. <laughs> Rippling crack. We've invited the metaphor police onto the show to. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had I had a, a topic planned, and right before we started recording, Mark asked about um, about the person who commented on our Alex Jones uh, the reporting our our Alex Jones reporting <laughs> and the factual inaccuracies of. And so he's like, and I, I was just going to contact you directly <laughs> without telling Todd, and then just have you call in during the show and and act like, oh, we've we've got a caller. <laughs> yeah. and, 
but then we went to a pool party this morning and I ran out of time. And well, it's funny because earlier this week uh, I had thought I'm like, we should have Joni on to talk <laughs> totally. about it. Uh, because I was like, I was rage texting you about. <laughs> rightfully. Uh, rightfully. You, you got so. like yeah, three so... things wrong. <laughs> and we How only talked you? about two. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's so funny. Um, so yes, my 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 friend and yours, Joni DeRoshi of Hello. Nerdy Girl Films and original Joni on Twitch, where you can sometimes me uh, see me twitching along with her. Is that is that how the cool kids say it? Are sure. We twitching? Yeah, we twitch. <laughs> but yes, originator of Todd the Corpse. Oh yeah, yeah. Joni DeRoshi. I am like the birth so. mother of. <laughs> yes, and it's also one of those things where we have photographic evidence. We have a photograph of the day we met, which is yes. always interesting. We have the same thing at the Unipiper, too, when he was on oh, our yeah. show. Sure so we have a picture of the day we met. But uh, you, uh, not only are, are you deep into the VHS world like me, one of your particular uh, in areas of interest and rabbit holes uh, is Alex Jones. I've like... And I, been low-key swimming in that for a few years and only recently have like come out about it publicly yeah yeah because there is a sense it's because it's like oh i listen to a lot of alex jones but it's not what you think and like it takes a lot of context (laughs) right it's just easier not to mention it yes yes i tuck it away with with like my professional wrestling fandom is this thing i don't talk about (laughs) secret you're in the right place this is is the perfect outlet for uh for all of the above and and listeners if you have a similar area of of thing in your life please contact us and uh come on our show to talk about it Mm -hmm. because we celebrate we celebrate everyone's entire catalog um but I guess, well, when I was on my uh, family vacation, I drove a tune from uh, Colorado. And on the way back, I on the way there, I listened to Rick Emerson's uh, book, uh, Unmask Alice, which is great. And the audio book is fantastic. I listened to it They're, twice. Oh, did you? It yeah. was so, And it was so funny because I was a little afraid that... Um, because sometimes when I'm just listening to something and I can't like page back or whatever, I lose track of dates and names. And so I was a little nervous because I knew this was going to have a lot of names and a lot of dates in it because it's very a journalistic approach to everything. But the audiobook was fantastic. And the only maybe, Joni, you can answer this question, maybe because, uh, you, you know, Rick as well. The only question I had was, why did Rick rent a minivan? to go to Provo. Maybe it was the only thing available. Sometimes you you go to a lot and that's all they have. That like really stuck out to me because it's not like he had camera gear and equipment or whatever. And it's like, what do you, what? Do they sell minivans anymore? We should have him, you know, do a follow up on the show. Grill him about his choice of cars. I really enjoy the moments of, of where you see him in the story, like in yeah, particular yeah. when he's speaking about, oh gosh, I forgot the kid's name. Um, yeah, the kid on whom we'll Jay, Alvin. Jay was yeah. based. Yeah, um, like you could. See, I saw. Yeah, you could see him seeing him in that kid. 
which was kind yeah, of Yeah, the cool. whole time, and it's kind of a, a dive for people who haven't read the book, but there's a section of a, about a kid growing up that was very much like, I'm like, oh, this is Rick Emerson's story. And I just kept expecting it to, and then I went to Salt Lake where I started my radio show and met Clyde mm-hmm. Lewis and all of that. The way but he it was really neat. spoke about um, what the kids' uh, time in debate club in particular, yes, I was like, down oh. down to the debate club. But it was neat because I was listening, like, as I was listening to it, I was going through Salt Lake and Provo and, like, the narrator is describing the big mountain range right next to Salt Lake City as I am driving right next That's to it. That's so and, like, Seeing the different areas and all the different people. And, yeah, so that was really, really neat. So, yeah, if people uh, have not gotten on that, uh, go, not go as else, but uh, Unmasking Alice by Rick Emerson is definitely the must read of the summer. I listened to it twice and then I got and then I got on I had to get on the waiting list to get Go Ask Alice from the library because that's where I get my audiobooks. If, yeah. If anyone out there doesn't use the Libby app, get the Libby app. Oh nice. Free audiobooks. Yeah. Um and Canopy you get free vid- uh, movies. Yes. But you have to go on a waiting list. So there was an uptick I think in interest of Go Ask Alice, but I did finally get it. It that's took a couple funny. weeks and I listened yeah. to it. And I was just reminded of what is this a sweary podcast? Or is this a no sweary? Just what is No, this is good. You can swear. Just a shitty book. Just a dumb shitty book. I still from the only thing I know about it is what was in in Unmask Alice and like just listening to it, it's like, but I think that's part of why it worked, because Teenage girls writing in diaries aren't known for their prose and their all that stuff. I read it in high school and I never thought uh, (laughs) that it was real. Like I thought it was just Mm, a fictional book. Like, you know, Um, Mm. but it's funny because I if you go back and read my old journals, which I still have, I really emulated her style in my journaling. And I think, do you think you I think I might have or, started or journaling just... because of that book. Okay, I was going to say, huh. did you emulate it or just that's how teenage girls maybe write? It's hard to say. It's <laughs> Which came first? Yeah. <laughs> the, the chicken or the teenage angst. But I never thought for a second that it was real. I thought it was like something that an old person wrote trying to speak like a kid. It, it, I mean, and it, the fascinating part about all that, and of course the book goes into it, is that like even in the in the Library of Congress, <clears throat> it is listed both as fiction and not, nonfiction or not, not fiction. fiction. Yes. Which is odd. Official classification, not do you, fiction. Do you know where they keep the uh, the books about motor oil? I don't. In the non-friction section. <laughs> How dare you? I was hoping we would get the, oh, now my sound is all turned off. Oh, convenient. Now that I don't have control of the board for my react. There we go. Uh, I could have had a cricket sound ready if I had been prepared. (laughs) Yes. Always be prepared when you're on mark for clown horns and sounds of tumbleweeds. That was pretty funny. And, And most of my trip. There were literal just tumbleweeds going across the road because all of it is sagebrush. Um, but back to what. So, yes, we were talking about this before the show. I had thought about it earlier this week. And Mark said, do you think Joni would come on? And I was in my head. I'm like, of course, she's an attention whore like I am when it comes to streaming and being on mic. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> OK, I know it was harsh, but said with love. Um 
No, but I, I know that it's something that you kind of love to talk about and don't really have a fun place to do it. And I thought Mark was maybe a little more familiar than he was. And so I thought, oh, what a perfect opportunity, because I think most people now, like just the lay person sees Alex Jones, kind of knows he's kind of a conspiracy theorist of some sort that did something with Sandy Hook. Right. And then. Yeah. As, as far as I know, like Alex Jones. I think you is, know is a little a, bit more than yeah, is most a, is a people. a grifter in, in the purest sense of like he is hawking, uh, you know, uh, dietary supplements and stuff on a show and making a ton of money. Dick pills. By. Oh, dick, <laughs> and oh, dick pills. And, uh, and, and just telling lies to get people angry. And as much like he's using the formula that to an extreme, right? That that uh, cable news. Oh, and that's that's just on the way back. My whole my whole story that I I railroaded myself off the track on the way back. I listened to uh, a podcast about Harry Knowles and Ain't It Cool News. And the kind of the rise and downfall of that uh, website. And I tried to listen to that, but I couldn't. It's not great, but I had 18 hours to kill. So <laughs> there we go. But yeah, I did love it, especially not as much as I love the one about Bruce Willis and him buying that small town in oh, yeah. Idaho and turning it to his <clears throat> own personal like place to live. Like you would like that one because that's and that's also done really well. It's called um, uh, something, something or other. Whoa. I'll think of it. Um, I'm making a note. But yeah, that that story about Harry Knowles and Ain't It Cool News, he's from Austin. And back in the mid mid to late 90s, as Austin is coming up and the Alamo Draft House is becoming a big deal um, and Ain't It Cool News comes out of it, Alex Jones is just a local radio host down there. Well, he was a, he does c- cable access. He was a, okay. He okay. Cable so yeah, why don't you? Oh, wow. So why don't you, Jody? Who is who is Alex, Alex Jones? Jones? Well, he had yeah. So he started out with a, a cable a cable access show, and it was it was eh, maybe like p- politics adjacent sometimes, but it was mostly just goofy cable access stuff, and um, and a little bit of conspiracy stuff, and but nothing it, nothing in in retrospect that I think is scary. I mean, it's hard to find that material now. Um, yeah. Hmm. But from what I've seen and heard of it, it's not, it's, it was pretty innocuous. And um, uh, Richard Linklater put him in a movie. Um, huh. Gosh, what was the movie called? It was like the rotoscoped. A Waking Life? Yes. So Richard Linklater, who knew him as like a local Austin, you know, uh, character, put him in that movie, which did a lot for Alex his Jones was presence. in Waking Life Waking Life is that old running around I mean, running around with a bullhorn 20 years ish yeah huh. at least I because oh, I've seen that movie a dozen times I've never seen and, it and, okay interesting now I have to re-watch that that segment and, and <laughs> that gave him see. quite a cool. boost yeah and then it's a little fuzzy for me but yeah it, it turned into a radio so radio and then and then a simulcast like web like he was really on the forefront of that um you got to give him give him credit for that that he was doing web broadcasting well kind of way before everybody else um and he was doing he had uh big sponsorships with like food bucket people and like um uh gold peddlers and like where to hide your guns yeah Yeah. um yeah and then 
he switched business models though, so now he just self funds with supplements and like prepper stuff. Um, and this is about what time, what timetable did he make that switch? Uh, I mean, like early two thousands or like following twenty fifteen of courtroom testimony. If I don't know, I'm just gonna say I don't know. I'm not gonna okay, guess because I don't want to accidentally yeah. say something wrong. No, no, no. I'm just wondering if this is early or if that's what you're saying. He's because his his foray into supplements, I think, is the interesting it's, thing. And I'm just kind of wondering. Definitely post 9-11 because that 9-11 was okay, a big yeah, yeah, yeah. thing for him. Um, yeah. OK, well, why don't we go a, from there? Then? That's around the time I think that he lost a lot of traditional sponsors and started getting weirder sponsors and gold sponsors. OK, but it's probably within it within the last decade that he's just now switched to dick pills and okay. water filtration systems and stuff. <laughs> so he, every, every segment you listen to, and he's an edge Lord, right? Like all these grifters are, cause the grift is in the, in the edging. Like right. tomorrow we're all going to die, but you can get this water filtration system next right. year. Right. Like, for for years and years now, mm. he's been saying any minute now, they're gonna come for your guns or whatever. Right, right. So he's he's just he's just an edge lord, and there's a great there's so much money to be made there, and just scaring oh, yeah. people enough to yep. to buy your paranoia is never out of style. Stupid stuff. So a lot of what the Sandy Hook um, business was about was trying to figure out how much did he profit from that nonsense, which is almost impossible to like quantify right and parse out so going so po- post 9 11 it sounds like he's getting more into kooky territory probably conspiracy theory type stuff because that was huge after 9 11 but a lot of people really then, latched onto that because a lot you know yep. it was a, right right is he is he always just a a a web and audio presence or is he on the radio at at any of these points or is he just his own website doing his own podcast he was yeah he's syndicated he's still he's still on some radio stations and shortwave which is fun but um, that's pretty great i think he has way less stations now than he used to right Um, was he ever invited onto like all the tv news show circuits or have they always kind of kept their distance from him did they ever go to him for anything i'm not sure to be honest about Did he ever, has he ever tried to go legit in, in any of this time or has he kind of just embraced the thing that is he has become? He will tell you that they have tried many times to get him to okay. join their <laughs> right, you know, right. deep state mainstream media outlets. Right. But he won't do it. Right. Just like I keep turning down the offer to choreograph uh, Madonna's next tour. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. He... <laughs> I said no. So there's no way to know for sure about that. Right. Okay. But it's not like a Donald Trump thing of like, I want to be, you know what I mean? I want this mainstream legitimacy. It sounds like Alex Jones is more like, I'm fine where I am. It's possible he might want it, but he would never admit it. Or that at some point, maybe that was true. But now he's like, he's his own man. And when they offered, when they offered him a job at Fox News, he said, no, because I don't want to be beholden to anyone but he's probably, I'm sure he's right. probably made far more money doing this than that. Oh, yeah. Probably. So then we get in 2000, when is when is the Sandy Hook uh, elementary December 14th, shooting? 2012. My 40th birthday. So that's mm, fun. Oh. Like I woke up that it's like day like, it's my birthday. What's happening in the news? Mm. 
Uh, oh. It's like the day oh. I woke up in the, on my birthday and the Challenger, <laughs> or the, the Discovery oh, no. exploded. <laughs> oh no! I think that was Challenger. I think you were right the first time. No, it was on the. It was the second one that exploded. It wasn't oh, okay. Cha- Atlantis. Okay. Anyway. So yeah, December fourteenth, twenty twelve. Okay, so the wake of that. <laughs> There is a movement that the Sandy Hook uh, elementary shootings were faked by the government. All the people you saw on TV, the moms, teachers, students, all of those were what uh, the term crisis actor, I think, came out of this time, which meant, you know, you're hiring actors to come in and fake real life situations so that the camera records it and spreads it as actual news when really it's like a flash mob type idea. Well, of, crisis actor, just to be pedantic, um, yeah, is yeah. a thing that exists, existed Hello. before and existed as its own. It's a thing. It's a job um, like when you're training, uh, you know, EMS people or whatever. It's a real job. Okay. For okay. training purposes. <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. No, that's a good distinction, though. So it's not we didn't name crisis actor after this mysterious thing that Alex Jones thinks people are he took that term yeah. and appropriated that. Yes, exactly. Okay. Okay. Now that's a good distinction. Kind of this Santorum effect. <laughs> exactly. Which is a Dan Savageism. So, I only recently yeah, oh, I only true. recently learned you know what? Never mind. I don't know if this Thank you. Thank you for respecting the fact that my mother might be listening to this. I just I recently um, learned some other terms that he coined that I didn't know that I was oh, I was surprised. Oh, interesting. About. Well, yeah, we'll have an off air chat whole, about this so that a whole show about that. So that I don't have to edit. That'll be yeah, next time I'm on on vacation, Mark, you can have <laughs> the the filth cast with Joni Taroshi. <laughs> um so the idea uh, that this was all a fake, um, which I guess I'll ask questions about why why that this would be fake in the future. But did that originate with Alex Jones or was this a movement that he latched onto and became kind of the figurehead of? Man, that's hard to say because it's I've only I only hear this stuff in in retrospect. I wasn't paying attention right. to nutty people then. So I only hear um narratives as they're presented to be now now right. by people who study it more closely because right. i'm kind of a passive absorber of sure this. sure <laughs> well and it would make sense because i mean that was part of you know bush did 9-11 thing and and it was all this huge cons- vast conspiracy so i guess that's already in the air anyway and, and you should know that every mass shooting event alex jones says is fake in some way or another there's not one okay. there's not one that he thinks was just a crazy guy with a gun. Right. So that's I, a go to no matter what. Yeah, okay. and look looking at Wikipedia, it looks like Alex Jones was the spearhead of that. Okay. Uh, yeah. He has his own section under the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting page. What a oh, legacy. Wow. Uh, <laughs> what a legacy. Uh yeah, and, and so it references it on his page as he did this and then on the Sandy Sandy Hook page it starts with Alex Jones did this starting on April 17, 2018. There were people so he's out of the gate looking at it with suspicion as he always does. It's a gun grab, it's, you know, staged, it's whatever. And then there are a couple of uh, uh supporting cast characters who are even nuttier than him. Um 
who immediately started coming up with stuff that they feed to him and then he amplifies it. Uh, so it's a yeah, it's a bit sure. of a blob. But right. for sure he was the guy with the megaphone about it. Um, sure, okay. And a lot of the, And I mean it it feels like not only is he kind of this is this would be the 2010s early early to mid 2010s not only building an audience of that but very much I mean, you see all the memes of the the our frog, the gay frogs, and this will do that. Like all of this other, it's not just this one area. He's like, kind of, I feel like trying to cast a crazy net to see how many crazy people he can ensnare with it. I guess because he is just kind of off the hinges. If you've ever seen any video clips of him, he, he is so, he has such a sad desperation to be memed. Um, Mm. and so you should know that every time you share something like that, you're making him happy. (laughs) To be fair, I never share it, but I do laugh. (laughs) And he's good. You know, he's good friends with Joe Rogan. So, um, he pals around with Joe Rogan a lot and, and sometimes they'll get like really wasted on the air and he'll kind of like his He'll he'll say quiet parts loud, and okay. and he'll be like, "All oh, that thing that just happens gonna that's gonna get memed. Come on, let's make a meme." You know, like he's so he's so desperate for that because he's a very right. sad, lonely uh, man. You've yeah. taken me to task because I am part of the problem. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not like somebody yeah like somebody made a um a a, a video like Alex Jones's indie like Bonnet Iver. I've, how do you say that? Bon Iver? Bon Iver. I don't know. Bon Iver. Turned it into like a Bon Iver song. And it's like, it got shared very widely. And it's like, you're just make, yeah. making it worse. But it's so, so his drug, it's hard his drug to. seems to be just attention of any kind. Yeah. Like it doesn't so, seem, yeah. it seems to be yeah. like just the base of it. And there is no subtlety around that. It sounds like. So you're right. just fueling just, him when you kind of laugh at the turning the frogs. So do you and, think, do you think this is a, a, one of those classic scenarios of the weird cult figurehead then completely believing everything that he's saying? Or does he, do you think he's I'm completely glad, in on the grift? I'm glad you asked me this because it's, I'm noticing, <laughs> I'm noticing some things around this trial that really make me think that he, like I, like there's lead in those dick pills or something. Like I think he has. Oh, interesting. Brain. To, I, I don't want to goldwater him, but like he's unwell. Here's an example. There was um, a moment during the live stream of which me and my weirdo friends, like it was our Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> so we watched every second of it, and. He was. He had that awful cough. Like the more anxious he got, the more he started coughing. Um, okay. Which he's had COVID like three times. <laughs> of course. But but he said it's because of the five G from uh, uh, self driving cars <laughs> that makes him cough. But anyway, that was uh, a sidebar. Um, so he's coughing uncontrollably, and he gets off the stand like they're going to a break, right? And um, Scarlett Lewis, who's the mother of the little boy, the the one of the plaintiffs, the little boy, Jesse, who died in a moment of grace to which I could only aspire. She hands him a bottle of water, right? And he extends his hand and he shakes her hand and he shakes uh, Neil, the father's hand. 
and he starts muttering some stuff about you know like I, he, he said i said i was sorry they're don't listen to them they're they're portraying me you know wrong or whatever and the plaintiff's lawyers swoop in and are like get out of here with that right like the whole exchange was a few seconds and everybody watching the stream saw it with our eyes right <laughs> so he goes on the air and tells everybody that she hugged him repeatedly and that <laughs> he told her they showed a video clip. I got to try to summarize. There's so much. They showed a video clip, clip and he objected that it was out of context. He said that he told her to watch the whole thing and that she went off and watched it and came back in tears and told him that she got it. Like she'd been pilled or whatever. Anyway, the point is, <sighs> she handed him a bottle of water. From that, he fabricated this whole thing that I do think he actually thinks happened. Because I right. think he's unwell in his brain meets. Mm. Like, right. Huh. Well, because and there's, I think the way our brains work is that, and all of us do this in various ways, is it's never going to let us think that we're a monster. Mm -hmm. And right. we'll do everything to convince ourselves that we are not monsters. <clears throat> We're doing this for very good reasons or that, you know, yeah. whatever. But I think kind of to back up a little bit uh, to build up to the trial for kind of uh, I think that's kind of where we're headed. So he makes all these false claims which in real life, like, because the reason we're talking about this is because this is one of those things where this weird subculture leaks out and has very real life consequences. Speaking of the Go Ask Alice book to people's lives and to the uh, families of the Sandy Hook victims, they are being harassed, yelled at, doxxed through the mail, yep. threatened, like very real world horrifying things after having your child murdered. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, and and this has been going on since then. And so what exactly is, is this trial? Why is it, what what about the civil aspect makes it different, which is one of the things that we we got wrong and saying that he had an attorney or whatever. Like, I well, you said something about so, how could he go to jail? And I'm like, no, it's a civil trial. No. So oh, okay. the, pen the penalties are all money. OK, OK. So, yeah. So he gets sued for what by whom? So this is one of four. Right. This is the first okay. one. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got three more to go. Um, OK. <laughs> is this the first one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this yeah. one was for uh, dual plaintiffs, the mother and father. They're not married, but it's the mother and father of this little boy, Jesse. And it was Scarlett Lewis and Neil Hesland. And um, they were suing for defamation. Um, and they just like co... Uh, I forget what it's called. Sure. Bifurcated? Yeah, I, don't I don't know. Something like that. Um, and so they um, had the same uh, attorney's team. And he... The father in particular, like for court purposes, they had to latch on to like specific incidents. So with the yeah. father, it was um, that not Alex Jones, but one of his other guys, this horrible guy named Owen Schroyer, saying that um, that Neil Neil did a, a, a an interview with Megyn Kelly where he said he held his son after he died and they had a bullet hole in his head. And Owen Schroyer was saying there's no way that happened. So that was like the particular incident for the jury that was presented as like okay. the horrible thing as just like okay. the one thing huh. of the, of 
Yeah. Because it's yep. it's hard to to grasp, I think, something that's so well, and to nebulous. boil it down to something that you can talk to it right. in a court of law. Yeah, like a specific right. thing that people can relate to. So that was kind of the incident yeah. they used with Neil, and with Scarlett, it was a little more vague, but it was just um, her. She was such a nice woman. Oh my god! If you watch any of her testimony, she's like a bigger person than I could ever be. But um. her whole thing was that her son, when the shooting started, the gun jammed or he needed to reload or something. And this little boy told the other kids to run. So they ran and they survived and they told this story after. This is really hard to talk about. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they told this awful. story after. And so her. Her presentation in the court was that you want to erase my child's existence when actually he was a hero. And I couldn't mm. protect him on that day, but I can protect him now. Oh, my gosh. And so she started like a whole foundation and everything. So that was kind of her angle. Um, because it is hard. The kind of harassment that these families got is, is it's hard to pin down. Well, it's yeah, just, I mean, it's kind of like going after Manson, how you like, he didn't yeah. do the thing, but you're proving that he did the thing. Yeah. So that's what this case was about. And then there's three more coming. Okay. There's a young man named um, Marcel Fontaine. I think I just misgendered them. There's a young person named Marcel Fontaine who was, um, they put up their picture and said that, that they were the shooter. Okay. Oh, wow. Which is a picture they found on 4chan. So like zero fact checking, oh. right? Right. So Marcel Fontaine is suing them, but then they'd recently died in a house fire, but the state is pursuing it. Oh wow. Um, and then they're going and then there's one there's another one in Connecticut and there's another one back in Texas. So but bef this this is not his first legal entanglement. Like I feel like the last five or seven years or whatever, hasn't he always been being dragged through court for some reason or another, or am I just There's misremembering? The, the Chibani that? yogurt thing was a big one. <laughs> well, I said, well, okay. And and Pizzagate. The, guy, what the, Chibani. the Chibani or the guy's name was uh, Hamde Ulakaya. I think I'm saying that right. The guy who founded okay. Chibani yogurt, who's a wonderful man if you look into him. He's an immigrant and he exclusively liked to um, hire immigrants and like second chance kind of people. Sure. And um, he's a good dude. And Infowars put out some story about how he was, gosh, what was it? That he was, um, there's kind of trafficking, rape stuff. I don't know. I don't remember the details. But he defamed the crap out of yeah. that guy. And so that yeah. guy whipped his ass in court and, and Alex had to do a whole <laughs> apology. Um, that's the only other one I could think of offhand. That was like how yeah. and then P it says Pizzagate in February twenty seventeen, the owner of Boy, that's I Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria. I don't think he was ever um ever faced any legal action for that though, did he? Uh, oh, but he was involved. Sent Jones a letter demanding an apology and retraction of the advocacy of the Pizzagate conspiracy uh theory. Jones was given one month to comply or be subject to a libel suit. And so in March of 2017, Jones apologized and uh, the allegations were retracted. Wow. Pizzagate 
is from 2017. That seems very a 2012 years ago. or something. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Louise. Right. That's crazy. So yeah, even up to this point, like, like I said, it sounds like he's lots of legal entanglements and, and, and calls to action from authorities about his lies and conspiracy theories. <clears throat> so what other, he, he listens to bad people. Like there's a couple of people, a guy named Steve Pachenik, who's amazing. Oh my God. Deep dive into that guy. Um, and another guy named Wolfgang Halbig, who, who um, he platformed these people, and they're the ones. And it wasn't even so much that Jones himself says the awful things, but he platforms people who do, and then right. and then he just mm -hmm. and he doesn't right. he doesn't fact check them, he doesn't challenge them, he kind of passively agrees. Um, and you say he's friends with Joe Rogan? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, okay. <laughs> but the way, just to kind of go back a minute to something you said before that, that I found yeah. really fascinating is um, you were saying that like he can't, he can't see himself as the monster. So mm. on his show, it's so hilarious because he was going on his show and saying horrible things about the judge and the lawyers while the trial was occurring, which was great because then the next day they'd bring in a clip into evidence of him <clears throat> amazing well and wasn't yeah. he, oh. he he was stealing the live stream of the actual court feed which was like the court feed is like please do not distribute mm -hmm. you know they this is only for and like cropped it out he blurted out or whatever cropped it yeah. out and put their own like logo in the corner <laughs> on his own channel which is like a weird flex to be like everyone watch my demise that i'm a gigantic oh moron <laughs> with an infowars bug in the bottom it's amazing but, so he he was on the air during the trial and he was saying kind of for the first time that he saw these parents as people he's like i get it wow. i get it they're people they're real they're not actors i get it so how does alex jones do you think contextualize that epiphany like what pretzel logic makes you be able to live with that well, do you think he really think feels that way, or I think he, I think he, he does. He, okay. I think it's sincere. Well, then, so well, who becomes then who that, becomes the villain? Do you think? Well, the villain he gets mm. to put into the ether, guilt free, because now he has this realization. Oh, I guess I was wrong without really having to do any sort of right. introspection work change of character like it doesn't seem like he's any different of a person i mean i guess we can give him time this is very <laughs> new but you know what i mean it's like that's what right. that's what people who struggle with emotions not that i have experience with that <laughs> that's how you think of like oh a normal person would say oh i get it now and even believe that himself to a point because that's what people who aren't monsters do they have they have that moment where they look in the mirror after clearing off their face or whatever that, that movie show that glimpse. And then you feel like, Oh, I've had it in real life. Now I can move forward and not really think I was all that much of a monster. If I was now it's behind mm -hmm. me. Well, so he and believe it. I mean, that's the most important thing. Our brain it only needs to trick us. He he's I mean, that's why you see people like him and Trump expecting everyone else to believe them when they believe themselves. They right. believe these versions of the truth. And that's why they can, without irony, without any sort of whatever, 
just make shit up all day long. Yeah. And it's, I just find, I find it. It's self-preservation because I mean, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the Harvey Dent scenario of like you become, which is not Nietzschean, but from Harvey Dent in Batman, in the second Batman movie where you eventually become the villain. I mean, you look into the, you can't make this deal with the devil. We're all finding different way, whether it's environmentally or politically or entertainment wise. Cause in his head too, he is just an entertainer. Like that's what they all fall back onto is like this lol JK. This was all. I think he says that, but it's, I don't think he, I think he says that when he feels like he has to, but I think he, sure. he you have to understand he believes he is fighting the literal Christian devil. Okay. Okay. Uh, that, so he is. Yeah. Do you now, do you think this is a slow descent into madness like we were talking about, well, or do you think he was always this crazy and it's just been allowed to escape? Well, I think, well, just first to wrap up what I was saying before is what I'm observing yeah. about how, cause it's the brain, it's the, the brain stuff that really fascinates me that now that he's seen Scarlet and Neil as people and he says he's apologized and he has to be fair, which, but that doesn't, Right, change right. what he did before but he has apologized many times so now because he always needs a villain it's become the lawyers oh, okay i see what you're saying who who does he think he's fighting against now so now it's him and the parents he's like aligned himself oh. with them and the lawyers are trying to keep them apart which is oh, effing weird. And yeah. so it's the Democrat lawyers and the SJW judge. Well, that's that's another question I guess I had coming out of it because the one of the things you corrected us on was that it wasn't his lawyer because it was like all this all these cell phone records are now, you know, public or whatever, whatever oh, yeah. happened with that. We can get into but that. That's it wasn't a, his that, lawyer. Yeah, 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 go ahead. So ex- explain if he had counsel, yeah. why it was, why he didn't, what what was that all about? So he has had something like five or seven different lawyers and you got, there's four different lawsuits. There's a lot of lawyers. Some of okay. them have fallen away. Some of them are still hanging around. Some of them, he's pursuing legal are action with people. them because they were so terrible. So there was a lawyer named Norm Pattis who's associated with one of the Connecticut actions. So Norm Pattis shared data with Raynal, who is Jones's current lawyer. And that, like a shared Dropbox kind of thing or something. And that's okay. where um, all of the phone records and stuff were. And then Jones's lawyer shared that with plaintiff's lawyer. Plaintiff's lawyer wrote him and said, I don't think, I think you screwed up, which from what I understand happens. It's a thing that happens. Sure, You're sure. doing tons of discovery. Yeah, There's yeah. all kinds of exhibits. So it's probably yeah, good sportsmanship to be like, are you sure? Here's what I understand about how the legal procedure is supposed to go. And I'm a total lay person. So I'm oversimplifying probably. So perfect. Lawyer A accidentally shares thing with lawyer B. 
Lawyer B says, I think you did a whoopsie doodle. And Lawyer A goes, oh, snap, I did. And then there's steps you have to take. They have to go over the whatever the material is, find they need to talk about it with the judge, figure out what's protected, figure out what's confidential, figure out, you know, what to do with it. Like there's things that you do. Right. There's steps. Right. Procedures. So in right. this instance, Bankston, who's the the guy with all the great lines, the lawyer with all the great lines that we've all seen in clips, um, he sent a message to Renal and said, you did a whoopsie doodle. And Renal said, oh, you're right. Please disregard. Period. <laughs> so Bankston is like, perfect. okay. If that's all I hear from him for 10 days, this material's mine. So he just kind of sat back and yeah. waited. You got to think about this gambit, right? So while the trial started, he's waiting for the 10 days to elapse. He doesn't know if they're going to put Jones on the stand. Like, all up until that last day, he didn't know if it was going to play out. But then it did brilliantly. So he, the, going back to the disregard thing, like, did Jones's lawyer think that was adequate? Or did, did he, He'd, it was that Jones's lawyer way of being like, wink, wink, I have to disavow this, but go take it? Like, what is that? They point? had a, they had a, a little lawyer? hearing, um, like the day after where they argued this. And yeah, Jones's lawyer was like, I told him to disregard. And the other lawyer's like, <laughs> that's not how this works. And the judge was like, yeah, that's not how this works. So. Huh. Wow. You it's like Michael Scott declaring up. bankruptcy. Like a, <laughs> right. Yes. So it was, I declare disregard. <laughs> so I listened to a legal podcast called Opening Arguments, which is excellent, by the way, if anybody likes legal stuff, where they broke that down better than I could. What that procedure right. should but have the, been. I guess. I guess the takeaway then then is that it Jones's lawyer didn't intentionally sabotage him. He's just a bad lawyer. Nah, there's conspiracy theories about that though too. Okay. He was a dummy. Well <laughs> he was he worked for a, a holder under Obama, so he could be an Democrat oh, operative. So he's no like Larry H. Parker. <laughs> I can't imagine he would blow up his career. So no remember Larry Larry H. Parker. Right. Yeah, you're gonna do severe damage to your to your own career by doing so. You were the guy that did that <laughs> under Alex Jones, and so so then, Joni, what do you think <clears throat> the real thing is? I think he just came into this mess, one of a line of lawyers who came into this mess, and just went, "What am I doing? What is happening?" And I think he just gave up, like mentally. I think he just disconnected from the process, just looking for a did way out. Did the bare out, minimum. Maybe. Because the whole time that material was being presented, he didn't object. He just sat there. It was crazy. Disregard. Disregard. Right. Like, I don't know much, but I know you could object to everything that's happening right now. But he didn't. <laughs> so that guy. Wow. But wow. another issue that occurred, though, is that the material, some of the material that he got that he passed on accidentally to plaintiff's lawyers was personal medical stuff for uh, oh. Connecticut plaintiffs that oh. so there's like three levels of of ne uh, negligence violations that that's definitely right. going to huh. be oh. pursued wow. for sanctions or whatever someone, yeah someone defied HIPAA the HIPAA police they're they're serious and so there are emails and text 
conversations and stuff with with other luminaries such as Tucker Carlson and stuff like that that were all personal and off the record, right? Is that probably so? Where there's some talk, there's that, some talk of nudie pics and Roger Stone. We'll see. Uh, well, just rumor you don't right say. now. <laughs> I don't want. I don't, yeah, I don't wish want. to defame Roger Stone's good. Roger name. Stone is. Nor do I want it. He's doing exactly the thing that Trump is doing right now. Where he's like, he's telling, he doesn't go to prison. He's telling on himself. Like, he's like, well, he certainly didn't send me naked pictures of his wife, if that's what you think. (laughs) And it's like, you could have just not said that. I just asked you what you wanted for dinner. Yeah, this is a Wendy's. Like, you could have just not said that, and we would have never thought that. (laughs) Because, and, and I don't know... I haven't quite figured out or, or looked into why it would be, but when you look at people with these personality traits, Roger Stone or Donald Trump or CEO of whatever right. thing, or Alex Jones, these kind of compulsive grifters don't have that mechanism of shame or to say stop, or they, they, they don't know how to shut up basically. And I don't know what the compulsion is or why, why they don't see that that is the most dangerous thing that they have, but they cannot, and every single one of them will get themselves caught. Totally. None of this external stuff is going to matter. I mean, it's all the stuff that they do that eventually entraps them. And like, it's so interesting, our brains, because like, that's a story as old as time. Like that has happened forever. Right. But we still cannot internalize those lessons into ourselves of, oh, my gosh, I'm the monster or I'm the crazy. I'm the right. Whatever. Well, when that when that behavior has rewarded you with millions of dollars. Yeah, that's true. And then you the alternative is like, oh, I damaged some people's feelings or something. Yeah. Oh, who cares? Yeah, you just disassociate. I will just continue my path towards these millions because that gives me the lifestyle and the friends and the things that I think I want. Well, and I mean, even when you look at like uh, celebrities to a point or even someone like um, Steve Jobs, where they all have these ideas that everyone says is going to fail or you are not going to make it or whatever. They're, they're consistently defying these odds, even Alex Jones right. to a point building this audience that even though everything the person thinks is counter to what everyone else is telling them. They continue to succeed. And then all of a sudden Steve jobs is like, I won't go to the doctor. I'll have green juice or, you know, whatever he did. Jim Henson, the same thing, like never in the past has that not worked for that person. So why would you listen to the outside group now? I mean, it's, it's, that's a cult, that's religion. That's our inner groups of, how we police the information that gets to us in different ways. And so well, that was, like, just like Harvey Dent said, we're all monsters. There's that moment in Bigger Than Jesus where Rick talks about when he was working in Utah and the kind of radio he was doing in Utah. And he said he was getting successful. He was making money. And there was absolutely no incentive to not do that. So it's right. like that yeah, times yeah, a thousand. That's true. Right. And there is, yeah. there definitely is... The, the one thing I will say during the Sandy Hook trial that, that the defense lawyer did that I actually found interesting was he was trying to have a conversation about uh, like citizen journalism and the responsibility of citizen journalism vis-a-vis the First Amendment and mm. defamation laws and stuff. And I think 
we I think culturally we gotta have that conversation because if you think right. about somebody like like our friend Clyde Lewis. I was Clyde Lewis say, has a radio show. I am show shocked that we got 50 minutes into this conversation without dropping Clyde Lewis's name. He talks about <laughs> some wackadoodle stuff. And it's right. like, how big of a platform would he, he need to be on before that became a problem? Like, what, right. and at what point does, do you have to start deep diving? And fact checking and making sure that you're right. not that, that well. And how much does Clyde Lewis of today believe about what he says versus yeah. the Clyde Lewis that both you and I knew 20 years ago or 30 years? You know, in Alex Jones, how much? How to yeah, be fair, he, has, he talks about how it's a call-in show, so people call in and say crazy shit. Sure, sure. Are sure. you responsible for the things that they say? No, you're right. not saying it, but yes, you're letting them say it. Right. Yeah, you're platforming it. And, encouraging and it. Encouraging it and not challenging it. Right. The yeah. Tom like is shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of things, though, just to shift gears, though, that I really want to get out, like common misconceptions about the standing okay. trial. If I okay. could bullet point a few things. Yeah, let's bullet, let's bullet point that and then and then kind of wrap it up with do you see this affecting actual laws or any something like that kind of going forward, the, the result of what we think this will bring. So why don't you start with that? Um, so the big thing, people who aren't mired in it think that he never had a day in court, that he never got to present a defense, that he was just found guilty, um, period, right? right? So th- here's this about that, though, is that it's it's a civil case. So that's not guilty. It's liable. Right. OK. So right out of the gate, that's like wrong. But he keeps saying that he keeps. Sure. And that there was because there is a truth to it. That's the great thing about all these conspiracy theories is that there are kernels. of The truth, truth is he didn't have a day in court Thermite. and the judge declared mm. him liable. This is true. But why? Why did that happen? Because for like 18 months or whatever, he completely effed off and didn't provide the material they wanted for discovery and was told over and over, get us this material or I'm going to render a judgment. Like he had so much warning. He sent three terrible corporate representatives to deposition. I've listened to all their depositions multiple times. (laughs) Hours of them, <laughs> useless people, wasting everyone's time. That's your fetish. <laughs> um, depositions are so much more interesting than court because they're much more dramatic. People don't realize that. Watch yeah. depositions if you want some court drama. But, um, but I mean, useless people who are just like, I don't know, I don't know. And they're like, what is the source for this story that you published about this plaintiff? I don't know. Like, they didn't do anything. So that happened for, I don't know, something like 18 months or whatever. I'm not sure the exact time frame. But the judge, all of the judges in all the cases finally just went, fine. Judgment, liable. This trial was for the, you know, the monetary damages. So that's kind of a big misconception that irks me. Because Jones keeps saying it. Um, Sure. Well, and because, I mean, even in my head, that's why I kept asking, well, this wasn't his first legal thing where he had to pay something because there's been so many of them. They're all just sort of 
mucky meshing together. Yeah, right but now. this one he really f. This is the find out of the f around game, right? That he was playing, right? And the other thing is that uh, the 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 great uh, courtroom reveal moment of the cell phone data, which never happens in real life, which is why it's so exciting. Like, it just <laughs> right. doesn't happen. Um, the context of the text message is getting kind of overshadowed, and it's very important. And I get why it's being overshadowed by this, if the glove don't fit, you must acquit moment. But um, <laughs> the text message exchange, first of all, it reveals that he did have text messages with the phrase Sandy Hook in it, which he said he didn't. Um, right. And the okay. other thing is that the text message is from one of his news guys, Paul Joseph Watson, who's a piece of shit. But that guy um, is the only level-headed person in some ways. Texted him about this story that they'd published about um, empty hospitals during COVID. And the text message, he said, this story makes us look bad. This is like Sandy Hook all over again. Right? So that's what oh. he was texting Alex. And Alex replied, I get it. So the point of bringing up that in the first place was that that story Paul Joseph Watson texted him about is still on InfoWars. So they're saying, <laughs> wow. we learned from our mistakes. We don't do that sort of thing anymore. And this is a text right. literally saying, you are doing the thing. And they just didn't right. care. And they still... like. That was kind of the point of the text, but it gets overshadowed by right. the point is they don't learn anything and they will never learn anything and they right. will never change. <laughs> and they, well, so going forward, cause I keep thinking like, he shouldn't be allowed to say that, but I mean, we should, we should all you, be allowed to say whatever we want in this country type. Yeah. Thing, you know? But and, well, as is, the lawyer, as the this... lawyer, plaintiff's lawyer says the speech is free, but lies you pay for. Interesting. Hmm. That's a so, good way. Yeah. You yeah, can say it. whatever you want, but. You right, might have to pay sure for it. Factually correct. But I mean, it, it is, I mean, every single time the First Amendment is challenged, it's by a cretinous person that all of us kind of instinctually and it never applies like, as a society fight against. Right. But I mean, right. it's because of the, it's because of Larry Flint. It's because of Alex. Like these people really do test the boundaries of what our, freedom of speech is just as much as Madonna does just as much as, you know, whoever does. And it's a, it's, it's a valuable service, you yeah, greeting, right. but you know, it's, it's, but does this, will this codify itself in some sort of actual law or actual, yeah, you know, you're what'll allowed be the impact. Yeah. Or is, will there be, well, I mean, other than don't be Alex Jones, it's a defamation. So those laws exist already, but, sure. okay, but that larger sure. conversation I was talking about, needs to be had as around citizen journalism and the fact that we're right now creating, you know, we're uh, broadcasting. So right. like, what does right. that mean? Any morons can get on, yeah, get on a podcast anywhere and pretend they know what the hell is going exactly. on. And we've seen how that ends up. So what is brought to you by the market? podcast? <laughs> What is your responsibility <laughs> as the guys doing this show around right. making sure right. that everything that's said is true and accurate? Right. Should you have that? Or at least that we aim towards that. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, last week we didn't at all. Is it only when 
<laughs> is it only when somebody hears it and does something that you're responsible? Right. I don't know. Right. I don't know the answers no. to these questions. I, but yeah, like right. it was, it is, it is very much like the Charles Manson thing. Like it wasn't Alex Jones who who sent them thousands of harassing letters. It wasn't him who. Right. Right. You know, it was other people. But right. Right. But they did it for attention from him. So sure, mm, sure. I don't know. Um, are those text messages and and. What happens to them now? Can they get to the January 6th committee to take Trump I believe down? they already have. Or That's... are they publicly available or what? anything? No. They're not publicly available. I can't available. imagine that any... Why? I can't no. imagine that they ever will be unless they're specifically relevant to something like January 6th. But I huh. do think well, I do shame. think he Why has not? already. I think like within days he'd hand. Don't we have hackers to, to do this exact same thing? If Angelina Jolie in the mid '90s taught me anything, if, she and Matthew Lillard need to get these transcripts. If, if Jones sent naked pictures of his wife to Roger Stone, I think it's better that we leave her out of it. You know, I mean, we don't yes. need to bring. I guess. But I think that um, crushing crushing my hopes with your morals. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, the yeah that the January sixth stuff has already right. been sent off, and that I mean I think and again with 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 people with these types, it's they not only can't stop, but they're incapable of understanding how it affects everything else, yeah. and it's always right. kind of comical. I mean, this Rube Goldberg thing of. An Alex Jones case, you know, be it's just it's fascinating how right. how it's that meme of the guy sticking a broomstick in his own spokes on his bike and then like blaming someone else or whatever. I, and I don't know how I've never before seen. Okay, like I've I've I've, I've had experiences with like borderline narcissistic people, Todd, but um. <laughs> What do you mean? As I sit here wearing my own merch, <laughs> and like my ex-boyfriend Chris, right? He had like borderline nurse. So like I've seen, okay, I've had okay. experience with with uh, uh, like a low spectrum of that, but to see somebody fully reinvent reality, I've never seen that before. Like yeah. in real it time, is, it's wild, it's, and I don't think you could ever. There's nothing you can do about because, it. It's like trying to make a cat well, look it's, at itself in the mirror. It, it because it seems so comically and movie villain like you know what i mean it's just it's so blatant that you're it's shocking to see in real life in real time it's a deep brokenness that i don't think the only thing we can do is just take that man's microphone away do you know what i mean and he will be he will cling to being a martyr till the day he dies i wonder what would happen to someone like that in solitary confinement like what their brain would He'd do implode. in that, yeah. I mean, it'd probably be pretty well entertained. Just <laughs> right, a lot. Oh. All right. Well, thank you, Joni, for coming on our show our last oh my minute. God, this I was really fun. All day. I know, so could I, but uh, <laughs> I need to, we need to end this. I think I do want. I feel like um, I want to give yes, a plug. I want to give a plug to the the yeah, the, totally. um, the podcast that I listened to called called knowledge fight which if you find this sort of stuff interesting knowledge fight i think they just put out their 715th episode just on alex jones 
<laughs> if they're if they're ninety minutes long, they're short. Short. Like they do hours and hours. So as a I'm a passive digester of information that I get from yeah. those guys. But nice. They are very well YouTube sourced. channels. Hmm? Okay. Any good YouTube channels? I don't really watch. YouTube oh, all right. Stuff. All right, Boomer. No. Although you are on Twitch, so I guess I can't call you Boomer. Speaking yeah. of Twitch, what uh, do you do on Twitch and how can people find you there? I have uh, VC archives where we watch dumb VHS tapes. Uh, yes. But that, so that Twitch channel is original underscore Joni. J-O-N-I. And then I have the Smash Up Show, which is just twitch.tv. Yeah, explain that one. Smash Up Show is a show I do with my co-host Craig, who is a pianist. And he has a, a freaky gift for um, doing improved, improvised song mashups. So it's this game where you submit songs onto a list and we pick them at random and then he mashes them up on the fly. <laughs> yeah, nice. he is an, as a person. That's amazing. Yeah, he I've seen uh, a couple of those things and like he is an astonish like a astonishing a pianist he's a it, wizard it, it's, he's really fun to watch and, and it's it's kind of crazy he doesn't just create like a medley like he mashes them up in his head yeah, while he's playing in real yeah. time yeah huh. so and people can find that people can find that where that's twitch.tv forward slash smash up show that's on wednesdays at two when everybody can watch <laughs> do you put those on you on your youtube channel i put clips on smash up show has its yeah. own youtube yeah, channel yeah. Okay, cool. Well, go cool. find them on YouTube. Um, thank you for joining us, Joni, and telling us more about yeah. Alex Jones. What should, what song? We always play a song at the end of the show. Is there some sort of good uh, Alex Jones related song? You belong to the play city. Out with? Why that song? You know, if if you knew, you'd know, but you don't. Okay, well here we go. <laughs> we belong the the we belong in to the city. city. That yeah. song with this, you got to play All like right. the sweet sax bit. Okay. okay. I, well, here's the sweet sax bit from that. Uh, from that, we'll see you guys later. Awesome. <laughs>